Hello and welcome to the Kia Coachman podcast. A new episode today with a very special guest, Mark Schindler. How are you, man? Yeah, I'm really good. I uh, appreciate you having me on. I know we've uh, had this in the works for a while and we were finally able to make it happen, but um, no, I'm really good, man. I'm, I'm excited to talk some hoops today. Yeah, one of the guys I've wanted on since I even had the idea to start a podcast. So let's just get right into it. What's been on your mind with NBA recently? Uh, man, a lot of things. Um, basketball has been kind of crazy lately. I've been trying to keep up with uh, everything college on top of the NBA too. Um, as I do a bunch of scouting stuff on the side, which has been really good. So I've been watching a, a, a ton of basketball, um, which has been awesome. So I've just been trying to soak it in, uh, and really get an idea for how I feel about things, try and keep learning, uh, you know, more stuff day in and day out. Um, one of the things that's been on my mind, you know, foremost lately has been the Washington Wizards. Um, I know that you are a Wizards fan, so I'm psyched to talk about the Wizards with you a little bit. But I, you know, this is a team I was excited about coming into the year. I wasn't expecting this kind of start. Um, like I thought they could be like a sneakily above 500 team and, you know, confidently in the playoff race this year uh, based on their roster and, and how some things might go. But now with how their, their year started off, you know, obviously at 11 and 5 when we're recording. Um, just split that uh, that series with with Miami. Really needed that one on the back end. Uh, but I ac- honestly have even more questions about this team moving forward. So I guess the first thing I, I'm kind of wondering is where you're at with the team. Because uh, I think I've seen probably seven or eight of their games. I haven't seen all of them. But um, I feel uh, I feel good about them. But, I, yeah, just a lot of questions. Yeah, uh, I think – so I've seen all of their games except that last one against mm-hmm. Miami, which – Honestly, seemed like it was kind of the best one. So I'm kind of sad I missed out on that live. But what really stood out to me is the buy-in on defense more than anything. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of talk about how they are just – they're closing out really hard, which is preventing teams from getting threes, which is obviously what, like, modern offenses are looking for. And they're just doing a good job of kind of – not letting teams get the shots they want, which is, I think, really important. It's kind of the easiest way to build a good defense, in my opinion. And people have said they've been kind of lucky with with teams missing open shots, which was true earlier on in the season. But as the season has gone on, I'm pretty sure it's kind of like gone back to normal. Teams are shooting like regular percentages on on open shots and they're just not getting the good shots, which is probably one of the main reasons this team is succeeding because no one, well, I wouldn't say no one, but a lot of people didn't expect them to be as good on defense as they have been. And another reason for that, I think is Montrez Harrell's growth as a, as a rim protector and Bradley Beal kind of being renewed or not renewed, revitalized on defense Mm -hmm. where the last couple of years he's been, a negative to say the least, but what do you think about their defense? Yeah, their defense has been really impressive to me. Again, like you mentioned, there's not really a guy on the team who's like a quote unquote stopper. Um, like that's kind of been well, Kuz this year, would, other than I mean I KCP. But. No, I think Denny actually. I forgot to mention him. He has been quietly one of the best perimeter defenders, at least that I've seen uh, this season, which is 
a big surprise, actually. I didn't expect it. But I know a lot of the Wizards fans are fawning over, including myself, mm-hmm. are fawning over him and what he's been able to do this season. I think he's been solid. I still think, like, I don't, I don't know. It, I, it's tough for me with Denny because I like him a lot, and he does, um, I think, a lot more than the box score indicates, which sounds so cliche. But, like, I mean, he's probably the second-best passer on the team, and he's averaging 1.4 assists per game. Like, I would say he's uh, – like, Beal's a good passer, but a lot of his assists are just coming out of, you know, having really good scoring gravity. Dinwiddie's a pretty solid passer. He's not, like, amazing, but – I mean, Denny's like out just in terms of like pure playmaking, like accuracy on his passes and everything. I would probably say he's second, but um, point being, like with the defense, I don't know. I guess in a way, he's a defensive stopper. Um, I think I view him a lot more as a guy who's really good off the ball, and um, he's grown a little bit on the ball from this year. I still have been like I don't want to say unimpressed. Like I think he's good on the ball, uh, but mostly average. Like I just kind of would like to see him be more physical at times. Uh, both, you know on offense and defense. Uh, but I have been impressed with him, but he really did struggle with Jimmy Butler uh, in that over that series. And just in general, like I think I, I wrote a freelance piece for SB nation on, on the wizards. And that was my big, big thing with Denny and what I want to see from him this year. is just being more physical because I think obviously he has the size and the length, but I mean, you know, from watching him, he tends to kind of just absorb guys with his length and, and uh, take shots instead of, you know, being a little bit more aggressive at the point of attack uh, and kind of try and force things to try and dictate what's happening on defense instead of letting things happen to him. Um, and again, that's not to say there's bad at defense, but I still want to see that, that kind of improve with him. But, um, no, I mean, I, I completely agree with you. Like Brad, honestly, I even thought Brad got a little bit better defensively last year. Like the, the, the year that was really horrendous was 1920. Like I thought he yeah, was agreed. maybe the worst defender in the league that year. Part of that was, I mean, he had the massive efficiency, not efficiency, the massive usage jump was in that year um and that team just sucked overall <laughs> in all honesty like there was like uh, I, I think he got a little too much flack for that honestly like if you're playing on that team i don't really know what you're expecting like you think this guy's gonna go out and play 37 minutes per game you know running balls to the wall on both ends it's just it's not really that cut and dry um but he really honestly has been solid this year i think he's been at least average like his screen navigation has been better it's still not awesome but He's honestly a really solid nail defender and, and makes good good rotations as the low man, which you wouldn't norm, normally expect from someone who's like 6'3 or 6'4. Um, but he has some very solid moments of, uh, of verticality at the rim that kind of pop for me. Um, but like you're mentioning with the defense overall, it's just been uh, like, like in some ways it's kind of been like the Knicks of last year, not in terms of like the way that they play or um, anything like that. Like, I think they're very different teams. And in some ways, this sort of seemed like be more talented than that team was last year for New York. Um, but I look at it in terms of, you know, everybody talking about them limiting threes. And yes, like you're mentioning, like they, they limit three-point attempts, they limit three-point percentage, um, but also it's just how they're playing and the shots they're forcing people into. Uh, and I think they just play a, a brand of defense that's repeatable every night and they, they sell out to do it. So, um, you know, not enough gets made about how they've struggled on offense so far. And I don't mean that as a bad yeah. thing. I think it's one of the things that has me positive about them still because yeah, I agree. they're not just like a team that I think has peaked early. They have a lot to figure out still. Um, what have you thought about the offense so far? Because it's been uh, the, the fit between Spencer and, and Brad just has not been as seamless as I was kind of hoping. Yeah. Um, 
I agree with what you said on the offense has not looked as good as expected, which I do think is a good thing because because yeah. how you said it means there's room to grow. You know, mm-hmm. there's a clear path to becoming a better team. But what's really bothered me, I would say, is Spencer Dinwiddie's lack of aggression until the end of the game most times, which I think he said in an interview that was a, a purposeful thing. Mm-hmm. Like psychologically, he thinks it's better for the team if he spreads the ball, lets people people get their shots more, and then he'll kind of assert himself more later on in the game. But I don't know. I just think there's no one on this team that's a talented enough shot creator except Beal for Dinwiddie to defer to. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think if he realizes that and kind of takes it upon himself more throughout all four quarters instead of just maybe in the fourth quarter to like attack, be aggressive, create advantages, make openings. I think the offense will flow a lot better. I think Beal will continue to show how great his off-ball game is. And I think that's kind of the key to unlocking the offense to to get it to where we think it can be. Yeah, I agree. Because right now, um, like it's less about usage percentage or whatever, like Brad has 33% usage. Um, I think ideally, like we've seen in the past, he's like more around 30. And it's it's just more about how it's coming to. Um, like there are times when they're on court together where it's just kind of very my turn, your turn, and, and one of them runs pick and roll, the other doesn't. And there's still value to having one of them off the ball as, as a spot-up shooter. But like, like, I mean, you know, like it's better if, okay, Let's get this guy doing a little bit more. We need to get more out of his scoring gravity. Um, and that's how I felt with Beal. Like, it's tough because he started the year and it still really hasn't rounded out for him yet. He had a – I mean, the first game against he was really good, if I remember correctly. I think it was like 9-19 and or something like that. Um, and considering how much he gets to the free throw line, it was solid. Um, but it still hasn't really turned around for him. Um, so – I don't know. That, that's the that's the first thing I want to see is them try and figure that out. And I'm not really that worried about it because we've seen Spencer play with high usage guys. But it had, like you mentioned, it has been weird. Like the game against New Orleans, um, obviously they ended up winning. But also, I mean, Spencer took like what three shots in the first half. It was weird. Yeah, exactly. Like just seeing how much he deferred with Brad not even there. Because um, I remember watching that game live and I was like, dude, why are you not taking shots? And it was a lot of. It wasn't even just like driving and passing out. It was more like. He would get into the half court, pass the ball off, and stay above the break. And it just wasn't really a lot of anything with Spencer. Um, so I don't know with that. That's Again, it's so early. I don't want to be insanely critical of it. But I definitely need to see a lot more from Spencer. Um, that, that takes it to another good point, though. Uh, because I do think those two will figure out how to play with one another. Um, but where it gets really interesting is how does this team incorporate Rui Hachimura yeah, that's right. and Davis Bertans coming back? Because right now you already look, and there's like 11 guys solidly in the rotation. Uh, I mean, 10, because, I mean, Davis is out. But Corey Kispert has looked better recently. He still hasn't looked awesome, uh, but he looks a lot more like he belongs. He's starting to hit some of his shots. I still think, like, you know, he's doing the things that make him Corey Kispert. Um but then you look at that and it's like, okay, well, are they going to play 12 deep when, when Bertans and Rui are both ready? Because I know I think Rui is uh, like he participated in shoot arounds yeah. on yeah, Saturday. Yeah, he just started practicing again. Yeah. I- so theoretically, he's back in, you know, first week of December or something like that. Let's say I, I've obviously not sourced. I have no idea. But hopefully, you know, back in December. 
Um, and I'd imagine Bertans is back around the same time. Well, okay. Both those guys are force. And I think like part of what you can hope for this year is that Rui maybe comes along more as a three. I still don't think that's who he is. He's definitely going to get played there. Um, I think Bertans adds a lot of necessary stuff as a shooter because this team really just has not shot well at all this year. I think that, yeah, yeah. shooting 33% from three this year, which is 25th in the league. Yeah, that's so, a big flaw with the offense. Yeah, so Bertans would help with that a lot, obviously. I mean, like as much as I like Denny and I want him to shoot, he took like nine threes the other day. And I think that's like where you're hitting an area where it's like, okay, this is too much. We do we cannot have Denny shooting nine threes because we know he can't hit them. So obviously you want him to get to a point where he can. He's not there yet. Um, so I think you picture your, you, you picture Bertans helping that out, but I mean, in terms of an offense that you want to become more free flowing and have a lot of like, you know, consecutive drives coming off of, uh, you know, Spencer or bragging into the paint. Um, I, how do you see Rui factoring in? Because that's been an issue with him, you know, being a guy who can keep moving the ball and, um, not like I think he's bad. Like I, I really do like Rui a lot and I think he has, a lot of potential but it's just uh it, it is it is very vexing to think about how the rotation is going to fit yeah yeah i feel the same uh i think Rui last year showed improvements in terms of decisiveness mm-hmm. his rookie season he was definitely a pretty big ball stopper you know they gave it to him and he didn't know what to do he dribbled it for a little bit and like just took a while to choose what he wanted to do once he got the ball he still had that a little bit last year, but he had flashes of, like, catch it, one dribble, pass, or pull up, or, like, cut without the ball. So when he's when he gets the ball, he's in position to shoot right away, stuff like that. But it is definitely going to be a an issue, I think, trying to, to incorporate him and Davis, who has not been good this year and last year, mm-hmm. just kind of straight up. I think, and even Thomas Bryant, when he comes back, no one's talking about that, but that should be in the next couple of months. I think there's going to probably have to be some sort of consolidation trade because I think there's just too many guys on this team. If you uh, add Rui and Thomas Bryant and Davis and consider Corey Kiss for part of the rotation, that's... 13 guys i think mm-hmm. and yeah i don't know any team that does that yeah no there just isn't a team that can play 13 guys in a rotation it just, just doesn't happen very often like the one time i've seen it happen this year is because indiana played their bench the entire second half against charlotte the other day um and i think that i i'm pretty sure it's happened a few more times but the only time i've watched live that was the one game it happened um yeah no i agree with you i think that they're in a state where it's going to have to be uh, a consolidation trade. I just wonder where that is uh, and, and who it is, because obviously this team needs, um, I mean, I think I would say either another lead guard because I, I mean, I still would lean, you obviously don't want to lean into Spencer, but like as much as I like, I, I don't know. I really like Raul Neto. I think he's a, a, a much better player than he probably gets credit for. Like he was mm-hmm. in some ways, like as much as Gafford was a big part of their defensive resurgence last year, I thought how well Raul Neto played was too. Um, like yeah. he's maybe their best perimeter defender. I mean, at the point of attack, like KCP is yeah. probably their best perimeter defender. Maybe, you know, it depends on where you're at with Denny too. But um, like 
like you're mentioning, it's just hard to to picture how it's all going to fit in and what team is just outright trading a three for for two fours. Like I, I don't know. Um, and I guess it turns into like, well, who are you trading to? Because that makes it that makes it a little bit hairy and interesting and and who you're getting back. I mean, I think in some ways, if you are trading somebody, it's it it has to be one of the guys from LA or Davis Bertans if you're trying to make the money work. Because I don't think you're going to trade Dinwiddie or Beal considering how the season started and how the team is building. Yeah, of course not. I think they're safe to stay. Oh, definitely. I think uh, I know a lot of Wizards Twitter has talked about Jeremy Grant for a few months as a potential target to kind of, like if we give up a couple of our forwards, some combination of, Kuzma, Denny, Rui, Davis, etc. Uh, Jeremy Grant, I think, is better than all of those guys right now. Mm-hmm. And I think he fits pretty seamlessly. Well, if he if he's okay with playing a smaller offensive role again, I think he fits in pretty seamlessly there. And obviously, he's a great defender. Other than that, I actually I don't know who they could trade for but it feels like a trade should be coming. What would you think about trading for Buddy Heald? I know it's not oh, perfect with it's not perfect with having, you know, two guards um already that are are capable of starting. And I do wonder what's going to be a, I mean, Buddy's been fantastic. I, I think he's kind of uh I, I I might write about this this year, but something I've like I tweet about a lot is like Buddy Heald is one of the greatest shooters of all time. I think he's taking 13 yeah. threes a game right now. It's 11 or it's 11, between 11 and 13. I can't remember off the top of my head, um, but he's been like tremendous. He does a, a, enough as a secondary playmaker. He's been better defensively this year. Still not good, but like he's at least trying, which is better than mm-hmm. last year. Um, and I I don't know. He's he's interesting, and I think enough teams are starting to run three-guard lineups where it's at least sensible for portions of the game, and I think it would solve some problems for them offensively. I do wonder what it does defensively for sure. Because I think a lot of what's worked for them defensively is having as much length as they have in the front court. Um, but yeah. it's definitely yeah, a thought. Yeah. There's been like some some lineups with like a couple forwards and a big, which have helped defensively. But I do think a buddy trade would be interesting. Who do you think would be sent to Sacramento in that situation? Oh, well, the problem with Sacramento is like they need a three like the exact same way that Washington does. So it's kind of just like, well, we'll give you a bunch of combo forwards who aren't really threes and you yeah. give us one of your guards who isn't a, who isn't a combo forward. And, <laughs> you know, you just try and make do with that. Um, I'm not sure. Like, I don't know. It, it's so funny. because I was trying to think about this stuff today. I just don't really know who's even going to be available. Like I, I know a lot of times people will like to throw out Brandon Ingram's name. I just don't, I don't know. I don't really see that. Like, I think Brandon Ingram is too good to be traded right now without – like, obviously, New Orleans' start has been a disaster, but I think they're going to want to wait and see what happens uh, with – When Zion um, comes back. Yeah, when Zion comes back, which isn't going to be for a while still, it seems like. Um, I, I do actually think Jeremy Grant's interesting. Like, I, I've heard his name thrown around a few times. Um, I just know, like, especially talking to some people in Detroit, he's um, a big part of that organization, and he really went there because of um, – you know what he, he like he believed in what Troy Weaver wants to do and how he runs things and handles things so I do wonder how willing they would be to trade him but that would be interesting like I do think he would solve some things another guy who I still think is more of a four than a three but yeah it's still better than you know like Rui is, is so clearly not a three um, yeah with where he's at right now but 
it's just a tough spot where Washington's at. Not a bad one because, again, like I wrote about at the beginning of the year, like I think this is a good thing for Washington to just be competitive and have all their cards in hand um, because it just hasn't felt like they've had that for a while. So I, I really – like I, I don't know. I, I The biggest thing is just that they have options, and I appreciate that, and I think yeah. that's a good thing. As a Wizards fan, I think we're making it sound kind of like – it's a bad thing that they have like so many guys they don't know what to do with. But as a Wizards fan, after seeing last season, we were starting like sometimes two guys at a time mm-hmm. that really just weren't NBA players. And they were in the starting lineup. And that was legitimately... Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. That was that awful. Was... Yeah, I got some PTSD from Jerome Robinson. <laughs> it's hard not to, man. Yeah, he was uh he was tough last year. I was so annoyed every single time that he would start a game and Troy Brown would just DNP. Yeah. Oh, my awful. God. Same. So going um, from that to having like 13, 14 guys, so many people to play that it's an issue, that's a welcome That's a welcome problem for me. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, I wonder who else I could even trade for. I'm trying to think on my head right now because um, I'm just like looking up and down rosters right now. Yeah. I just don't really see a lot like – even the Spurs, like I do think the Spurs will move on from at least one or two of their younger guys now. Um, mm-hmm. But like, I mean, Derek White is just another guard. Like I actually would, I would be all over Derek White and just play a three guard lineup because he could make yes. that work. But yeah, um, one of the best rim protecting guards of all time. Yeah. I think, for some oh, reason. Yeah. I don't oh, know It's why. been tough too because his offense hasn't really come along. He's looked like he's lost a, a, a little bit of a step, at least his verticality coming off of his injury from last year. But Again, it's still a small sample size coming off of a significant injury for him. So you hope some of that will come back. But um, regardless, he's still like, I mean, borderline all defense guard and he can theoretically hit threes, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. it hasn't been there lately. But I mean, he's a good player. I don't know. I mean, like you just kind of bounce around like who could be like your fourth or fifth starter. Um, So it's uh, yeah, I don't I don't know what the answer is for them. Yeah, I, I've thought about this a lot. I haven't really been able to find anyone, but maybe they just kind of keep going like this until something presents itself. I really don't know, actually. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Uh, it's just kind of is going to depend. I don't really think they're necessarily going to be in play for a, like a star or anything, but I do think that they'll be able to get somebody good. Like, let's say if, you know, if, PJ Washington became available in Charlotte. Oh, um, like nice. he's not again. He's not a. He's yeah, not a, he's like three, but still, like three. I think yeah. he's he's a good player that would make sense to go after. But yeah, it just depends. And we didn't even mention too. Like let's talk about Montrez for a minute because he's been. I mean, I think, I think you could go as far as saying he's been the best year. player on the team this year. Um, uh, I'm not sure about. Well, I could see the argument. Yeah, like, I, and just in terms of – like, obviously, like, yeah, Brad is the, the, the most talented wise. player. But, like, in yeah. terms of what he's done to start the year, I think it has been Trez. Like, he's one of the guys who, to me, has really been uh, benefited from the the new rule changes and just the way that things are being officiated now. Um, he's been just so much better defensively this year because he's allowed to be more physical and actually get into guys. And, and also, too, he's just been really good communicating on the back line. They've done a good job of – um, keeping him out of, you know, precarious situations, like avoiding as much uh, of him getting put in a pick and roll as possible. And if it is, okay, they're icing it and trying to force it to the side and 
let him use his length and keep ball handlers in front of him instead of having to make a play at the rim. Um, and he's been better as a room protector too. Like he's doing oh, some definitely. good stuff as a, was, as a weak side room protector and cleaning stuff up. Yeah. I was about to say, I think his rim protection has actually been like clearly good. Mm-hmm. I haven't really loved him in space, but how many centers can you say you like how they guard? <laughs> yes. That's a fair point. Um, oh, yeah. I've been really impressed by him. I would say he's, I think kind of easily the sixth man of the year right now. Oh yeah. Top in my head. And it's not yeah. just like a scoring lots of points, six man. Like I think he's been legit impactful. It's not. Yeah. Um, and people were unfair with him too, with, with the Lakers and Clippers. And yeah. That. I think people always wrote him off way too much. I, I got people telling me he's like barely a positive impact player. And I was like, eh, I, I don't know about that. <laughs> the watch the Pelicans game, man. Uh, you can literally just go through the uh, the play-by-play for the Pelicans game, and I think the last six plays are all off of assists or turnovers forced by by Montrez because he was awesome in that game. He and Jonas just kind of went head-to-head for most of the game. It was fantastic, yeah. and that's – I mean, that's been the other thing from him too. He's been really – like this is uh, – he's always had like little moments as a passer that look nice, but he's been mm-hmm. really good as a passer this year. Like, yeah, they run, it's looked a lot better. Yeah. They run a lot of stuff from the top of the key with him as the trigger man. That's been pretty good. Like it, you know, I mean, draw out the rim protector, have backdoor cuts, and there are a lot of quality cutters on the team, and it just it works. It's been really good. Um, part of what is tough with that though is they try and do the same stuff with Gafford, and he's just not like he's gotten better as a decision mm-hmm. maker, but he doesn't have the handle or anything to yeah. really do that. But I mean, what have you thought of Gafford this year? Because I've I've still thought he's been really good. Um, you know, he, he does a lot in terms of setting the table defensively and gives them a different look. Um, and he's been like, I mean, you talk about guys playing in space. He's not amazing playing in space still, but he's good at playing a little bit, uh, you know, closer to the screen and getting back and help. Um, I've, I've been impressed with him still. I, my biggest thing is I just want to see him be able to play starting center minutes. I think part of it is yeah, playing with Trez for sure. That's the number um, one thing for me. But I mean, yeah, he's been he's still been really good, and his touch this year has been really nice. Um, I'm glad you I'm glad you pointed that out because I think sometimes he takes ill-advised shots, but I feel like every time he shoots it, it looks like it's not going to go in if it's not like a dunk. But somehow he'll just like he'll finish, kind of like fade not fading away, but like his body will be kind of pointed away from the basket because there's someone directly in front of him. And he'll still like finish it most of the time. And it's really impressive. I wasn't expecting that when we first traded for him. Yeah, he's been funny because I mean he was like so strictly a just rim run guy in uh in in, in Chicago. And now like he it's it's not consistent yet, but he has like a little bit of a push shot floater that goes in. Like he doesn't take it all yeah. the time. He's a guy like one of the guys I look at who I would really like to see take more shots, honestly. Yeah, same. Um, like, and again, it's more like rhythm flow stuff because he's a guy who I think could hit. Like, if he if he took like a consistent ten to twelve footer or something, just an outlet. Like, I think he could hit hit that at a steady rate, or at least I want to see him try it. You know, um, because he, he does have just really good touch around the rim, and I think that yeah, that could parlay itself into more. Yeah, he's shooting a monstrous eighty seven percent at the basket this season. Seems pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I know you said you were kind of crunched for time. Is it about time to wrap it up, you think? Yeah, I, well, we can do like one more thing and then I got to bounce. Okay. 
So is there anything else that comes to mind you want to talk about? Ah, man. I'm trying to think what else with the Wizards. Um, are you yeah. worried at all about Brad's offense? I'm, I'm guessing no. not, but okay. No. no, that'll come around. Uh, yeah. One interesting thing with that, though, well, I have two things to say about his offense. One, I think he's long been one of the most underrated playmakers and passers mm-hmm. in the league. And I think it's getting better every year. Like, it sometimes even looks, and this seems like hard to believe with the amount of shots he shoots, but it seems like he's even looking too much to pass sometimes. Like in the pick and roll with Harold specifically, there was like a couple of games into the season, he started just trying to feed Harold out of that every single time. And it kind of got predictable. But I do like that that shows that he's kind of looking for ways to to impact the team outside of just his own scoring. And the other thing is his shooting, which has been going down for like a few years now. It's funny to think about how he came in the league as like a spot-up shooter. And now that honestly might be the worst part of his offensive game. But I think I was optimistic that it'll kind of bounce back this year with a with more capable players around him so he can like get easier shots. So if his three-point shooting can become, I don't know, like 38, 39%, I think he becomes one of the most scary good offensive players in the league, which he already is pretty close to. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, even just last eight games, uh, 48% from the field, 32% from three outs, six and a half a game. Uh, I mean, he's, he's kind of getting back to himself. And he's yeah. somebody who's definitely been impacted by the foul drawing, I think. Like, he hasn't been getting mm-hmm. to the line quite as much this year. I'm not really that worried about it. I think part of it is just having the ball in his hands a little bit less. Because even though, like we mentioned earlier, 33% usage, I think that's down 2% from last year, two or three. I think it was 36%, like around there last year. Um, because it was literally just him and Ross running the offense. Yeah, no one else was capable of. <laughs> yeah. Well, Neto at some point, but yeah, for a good chunk of the season, no one else was capable of even dribbling. Yeah, it was a it was a very very tough year last year, uh, for for watching the Wizards at least to start the year. But, um, yeah, no, I agree. Beal is such a good player, and I, like as much as I was pained by some of his comments earlier this year, um, like I. He's just one of my favorite players in the league routinely to watch. He's yeah. so talented. Um, he had a – I think it was in the first Heat game. He, like, had a, a layup. And normally I don't really think of, like, layups as highlight-worthy, but he had a layup where he jumped from, like, six feet uh, yeah. away from the rim and, like, switched it to his offhand. And just, like, uh, it was – Yeah, he's, like he's, – yeah, everybody talks – like you mentioned, everybody talks about him as a shooter, but honestly, I think he's just one of the best guard finishers in the NBA um, and just a really interesting athlete in terms of how he gets his points. And Yeah, he's like and an elite long jumper. Yeah. Which yes. is like not that's a the, that's the best way to, to describe him. Yeah, he jumps from far – like he doesn't get that high, but he jumps far, which is mm-hmm. interesting. I don't see that with a lot of guys. Yeah, no, he has a really interesting kind of profile of how he gets to the rim. Okay, so I wasn't expecting this to be a Wizards episode, but here we are. I love that. <laughs> Always down to talk about the Wizards. One last thing before you go, in honor of it being Thanksgiving week and uh, you being pretty well-known for your food takes, I think I, I wanted to add new segments at the end of my podcast. Uh, so 
what do you think is the best Thanksgiving food? Oh man. Well, I don't like turkey, so turkey would not be. Yeah, that's that's a pretty normal take. Yeah. Um, gosh, I think it's pecan pie for me, man. Like you don't really get pecan pie outside of Thanksgiving and Christmas time. So it's up there for me. Like I could eat a piece of pecan pie every other day and I'd be very content. Um, I think it's pretty far superior to, to pumpkin or, or sweet potato or whatever other kind of pies. I agree eat. with sweet potato, but I think pumpkin pie is much better. You're allowed to think that. I don't, but <laughs> I, yeah, no, it's uh, it's to each his own. But I, yeah, I love pecan yeah. pie and I can't wait for it. Okay. Well, thanks for coming on, man. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, of course, man. Anytime. I appreciate you having me. Okay. Oh, uh, where can they find you? I forgot. Yeah, you, you're good. You can find me on Twitter at mschindlernba. I have most of my stuff there. I'm pretty active too, as Kia knows. So, um, yeah, I'm always down to talk hoops. And you can find me at truthtellernba on Twitter and NBA Truthteller on Instagram. Uh, that's it. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Bye. Bye.